Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Isaiah Jamel, and welcome to yet another episode of the Lego Effect Podcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. Feel free, though, to leave a review and a rating on any of the streaming platforms so we can spread this word and reach more listeners around the world. Uh, But in this episode, we're going to be discussing the art of the perfectionist and the mentality that goes along with it. Does it exist? Does it not exist? Uh, What are the pitfalls and the positives or the negatives of this whole thing of being a perfectionist? So here we go. Stay tuned and let's get it done. So as a kid, I remember very often that I'd get in my own way. And I was always a very, very um, ambitious kid. I always wanted to do things over. I wanted to perfect what I always had thought I perfected. I was that one that always seemed to not be satisfied with, you know, the accomplishment that I had. And I think that's followed me all the way to my adulthood. So when I speak about the perfectionist, I'm speaking from a place of, you know, it's a personal attachment to this, this notion because it's really uh, followed me through my years. But as a kid, I always had to deal with this this sense of perfectionism because I, I was never satisfied. And I remember, um, you know, I am a, a singer songwriter and a lot of people don't know that before I started dropping records and writing songs, things of that nature, I refused to sing. It was something that I, it was almost as if I did not want to challenge myself in this way because I was so in this perfectionist zone and that if I could not perfect it, I refused to try it, right? So while I had the gift to do it, while I was talented, you know, I could do it in controlled environments. You know, I was in a comfort zone of, you know, I'll sing only for these particular scenarios, right? And those scenarios were, you know, musically based, obviously, you know, I would, you know, maybe sing to direct a choir or I would give out a part or, you know, something that did not necessarily tie to my own, you know, creativity or tie to like my own accountability, right? It wasn't something that would benefit or not benefit me one way or the other. It didn't take away. It didn't give me anything. It was just, I just did it as a means to an end for somebody else's gain. So there was no real, you know, um, attachment to it in terms of I had to perform at a high level um, in order to, you know, really, you know, make myself or to feel good about it. You know, so there was no put it like this. There was no risk. There was no risk and no reward. And I was okay with that because the spotlight wasn't on me for this one thing. Um, But it wasn't until I got comfortable with taking risk that I finally said, okay, maybe it's time for you to use this gift before essentially that you lose it. You know, it was something I was always afraid of. You know, if I, if, if I believe all gifts are given by God and I believe all gifts have a purpose in this world uh, to benefit, not only the inner man, but the outer man um, and everybody that you come in contact with, there's somebody out there that's going to need the gift that you have. Uh, we cannot be selfish to think 
that the gifts that we have are solely for our own personal gain. That is absolutely not correct. Uh, everything that we do, everything that we're good at, everything that we strive for is obviously for our, for our betterment. It's for social placement. It's for you know financial gain. All these things, those are all well and good. But we should be setting our eyes on using the tools that we have and the tools that we've um, kind of matured into to bring a better frame of reference and a better um, output or for lack of a better way of saying, just a better life to somebody else. You never know who you can help just by showcasing the gift that you have. And you don't have to do it intentionally. You don't have to pick out a person and say, I'm going to do this for you. You don't have to, matter of fact, most of the time, you don't even know that you've helped somebody when you've done it. And you want to know what we don't need to know. We just have to do what we do with what we have and do it to the best of our ability. Um, But what happens is when we start to think about the doing part, that's when we fall into trouble because now it becomes a security thing. So now we're in a place where we are using the gift, but now we're so insecure about the gift because now we're wondering who's watching, who's listening, are they gonna like it, are they not gonna like it? And we only give it if we believe it's absolutely perfect. And realistically, we are imperfect creatures. So the, the and I'm almost going further than I wanted to too fast, but it's so pressing to me to get this point across that it is impossible to be perfect. So the art of perfectionism in reality does not exist. So I'm starting this podcast off by saying and setting the tone by saying being a perfectionist is wrong. It doesn't exist. We can strive for perfection. We could try to do things that could be uh, notarized as perfect. We can get all the glitz and the glory, but we are incapable of being perfect. If we if we were all if we had the option to be perfect, not only would the world and the gifts around us be completely boring, but we have absolutely nothing to strive for. We could not sit here and learn. We could not be, you know, the creatures that we are that evolve from time to time, decade to decade, generation to generation. We'd all plateau. And once we hit that plateau, where do we go from there? It's almost like looking at a keyboard on an 88 on a piano. Once you get to that top key, you have no more keys. You have nothing but to go down. We don't want to go down. We want to keep going up. So we can't pigeonhole ourselves into believing that we have the ability to be perfect. Take that pressure off of yourself and lay it aside. Why? Because it's not possible. So what what tends to happen is, and this is the things that we have to uh, be very, very cognizant of, is our ability to take risks, right? We all know that as we move forward, as we go about life and whatever, you know, it doesn't matter what sector you're in, doesn't matter what you do for a living, doesn't matter how you talk, your generational output, none of that matters about all, all risks are troublesome, all risks are uncomfortable, and all risks lead us to a place of, un, uh, 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 of unfamiliarity. We are not familiar with the place we are striving to go. When you invest, you're taking a risk because you believe in a reward later on, but you understand the fact that you might lose. That's a risk. You know, when, when, you, when you take on a new project 
example, you try to apply for a new job, those are risks. And we understand the rewards and we understand what could happen if we fail at that risk, but it's a risk. Um, and what we tend to do is that we marry risk and perfect and perfectionism or taking risks and being perfect. And what will happen is we, we will use the risk as an excuse, which then leads and prompts our insecurities, right? While we're insecure, we use the perf perfectionist stature or sentiment of perfection to not try. We don't want to take this risk because we don't want to risk that embarrassment. We don't want to risk not being good or as good as the next person. We don't want to take the risk of not being in the same limelight or not being in the same you know, wavelength as our counterparts. We don't want to be that person that didn't succeed at this particular area that we saw somebody else be successful at. Risks are the key to creative experience, to creative expression. You have to take risks. Every musician, every scholar, every scientist, every politician, everybody has learned to take risks. Now, we try to take them with a bit of education. We don't want to take unnecessary risks. We don't want to take risks that will lead us towards detriment. We have to use wisdom. Wisdom is always going to be important. But we have to, we're still taking it. We cannot take ourselves out of the game completely and say, we can't do this because I'm, I'm a perfectionist. And I've done it myself. I've been in positions where I've been challenged to evolve. And my excuse was, well, I'm a perfectionist and, you know, I, I have to get this right. Meanwhile, what's actually happening is I'm procrastinating and I'm letting my insecurity take control. Because while I'm sitting there worrying about being a perfectionist, I'm not doing. And if I'm not doing, I'm not progressing. And if I'm not progressing, I'm not learning. And if I'm not learning, there's no way I could benefit from what I'm trying to do or nobody else can benefit. So what are we saying? Now, we have perfectionism. We have risks. We have insecurity. We have procrastination. Right? How does this all tie into the decisions that we make? Right. I was doing some research and I went to psychology on today and I was just very curious as to, you know, what does perfection have to do? And I'm, I'm actually going to read it to you guys uh, because they have they give a very explicit um, kind of interpretation of what perfectionism really causes or what it really causes. And it says and I'm reading this quote. Okay, perfectionism is driven primarily by internal pressures, such as the desire to avoid failure or harsh judgment. There is likely a social component as well because perfectionist, perfectionistic tendencies have increased substantially among young people over the past 30 years, regardless of gender or culture. Greater academic and professional competition is thought to play a role along with the pervasive presence of social media and the harmful, harmful social comparisons it elicits. So there you have it, right? We are, we are not to be driven. I understand we are in a social media age. We are in an age where you can see everything. Everybody can be judged indirectly and directly. There's, this is a time where you are under the most pressure that you've probably ever been in any generation. Social media 
has put a level of pressure on society that is never faced before. When I was growing up, I didn't have social media. I had peer pressure, right? You had, you had the pressure of being cool. You had the pressure of who do you hang out with? What do you listen to? What type of music do you like? You know, did you have a, you know, what type of girlfriend or boyfriend did you have? You know, you know, did you play sports? Were you good at those sports? You know, how did you dress? What type of sneakers did you have? Right. Those are all things that you that those are pressures in real time around, you know, in essence, real people. Now that has morphed into, you know, us trying to not only be above, you know, our means, but now we are under a certain pressure of this indirect of do people like me across the world? Imagine how much pressure that is to be on social media and you are judging yourself based upon who is hitting the light button. I can't talk to the guys who is hitting the light button, right? Who is watching my page? How many views do I have? You know, if this picture or this selfie that I'm taking is not absolutely perfect, I can't post it. If I don't get rid of every blemish, if I don't filter out every little thing that God gave me in terms of my actual appearance, I can't do it. How caged are you with this type of per, type of perspective? How free are you to live? Now, does that carry now into all the other elements of your life? It does. It does. You know, when we're in school, when you're in college, you know, peer pressure. Now you have social media pressure. Now you have all these other pressures of being perfect. I have to be perfect. You know, we have kids taking medication because they want to be perfect. You have, you know, parents, you know, working foreign jobs because they want their kids to be perfect, 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 perfect. It does not exist. There's no way we can. The only entity that we can proclaim to be perfect or have even touched perfectionism is God himself. And I'm gonna let that resonate for a second. There's no other being other than God that can actually be deemed in the ballpark of being perfect. It doesn't exist. Perfectionists set unrealistic expectations, which lead them to back off those very expectations and to lay dormant. I want to talk today to free those said persons from that bondage of saying and feeling you have to be perfect in order for you to push forward with an idea. You don't have to be perfect to push forward with the light bulb that went off in your head. You don't have to have an idea perfect at the onset for it to be of value. You don't have to look perfect every day. We all are imperfect creatures. And it's important for our own sanity. It's important for our own walk. It's important for our own frame of reference of ourselves to understand and anticipate and accept that we are imperfect. Because if we accept that we're imperfect, then we can strive for perfection. Then we can look at all those things that may lead us to feel like we're on the journey towards perfection. But that's the excitement part. We want to be excited about the possibilities of striving and succeeding at such an elite level. And even at that elite level, you still won't be perfect. And that's what makes this whole thing so interesting. Michael Jordan 
perhaps the best player on the face of the planet for any generation. For any generation. When he stepped on the court, it wasn't as if he was born perfect. He just attacked his craft with the sense that he had to strive for perfection. And in that striving, he realized that he wasn't perfect. So the best he could do was practice to get rid of those insecurities of being imperfect. And that's okay. Because once you have adapted and accepted the fact that you're not perfect, then you know what to strive for. You know how to practice. You know how to go about the very things that you're trying to accomplish. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you practice and you study and you seek to evolve your knowledge, not for the sake of being perfect, but for the sake of being the best you you can be. Michael Jordan was the best version of Michael Jordan that he could possibly be. So he took all those skills and God given ability and he practiced them so he could be at the level for him that he was purposed to be. There was no other person that could be a version of Michael Jordan than Michael Jordan. Kobe got close. (laughs) And I'm a Kobe fan. Kobe got close. God rest the dead. But he wasn't Michael. Because Michael is Michael. And one of the main things that was told to me by one of my mentors is that nobody can be you better than you. If you're spending more time trying to be somebody else, Who's out there being you? So there's a whole person, a whole human out there with no identity. There's a whole person out there, you know, trying their best to be somebody other than themselves. Meanwhile, you are just fine. You're just fine. There's a piece that follows that. I don't want you to put yourself in this bubble where you feel you cannot allow people to experience you in your practice phase. I don't want you to feel as if you can't allow people to see you being you. Anything that you do, understand that there is somebody out there that is trying to do the same thing and perhaps going through the same challenges that you are. And if we all were honest and if we all set a tone to where we can evolve and not be perfect we'd have a lot more small businesses out there we'd have a lot more inventions out there because how many of you have had an idea right and didn't go through with that idea because you didn't feel or you were insecure about the value of that idea or you were insecure about your value within that idea So we don't want to fall into the trap of thinking we're a perfectionist. You know, you know, I I, I can't do that. I I can't put that out there yet because I'm a perfectionist is not perfect yet. You know, I can't, you know, stream that. I can't have that idea. I can't have that discussion. I can't step into these rooms uh, and have these these talks and these discussions and, you know, talk to these influential um, entities, so to speak, because I have not perfected you know, this yet, whatever that this is. Take that pressure off yourself. You have the ability to do and learn anything you want. Absolutely anything. Don't fall victim to the perfectionistic 
type of mentality. Don't fall victim to the procrastination and to insecure feelings that fall into this professionistic, perfectionistic type of being. So I think the first, the first tool in this whole thing that we have to come to terms with is that being perfect doesn't exist. It does not exist. I've told myself, I've had to beat that into my own head. Isaiah, you are not perfect and you will never be perfect. And I know some of you might be, wow, that's, that doesn't sound very good. You know, no, that does not demean, demoralize or take away from your genius. That does not take away from your skill. It does not take away from the influence that you have. It doesn't take away from your scholarly, eloquent way of speaking. It doesn't take away from your education. It doesn't take anything away. All it does is free you from being held to a standard that is unrealistic and that is unattainable. Because once you let that go, then you free yourself to be yourself. You free yourself to go after the things that you want and you love, not what you think you have to do in order to be perfect. Right. We're trying to free ourselves from this bubble because there's so many dreams out there. There's so many possibilities. There's so many uh, uh, just ways that we can go. That if we lay this down, we can we could reach. So this is not to say that your dreams are not attainable. This is not to say that there are not extremely skillful people. You practice to be elite. Yes, people are born with a God-given gift, but it does not stop there. I was born with the ability to hear music. I was born with the ability to pick things up without being taught. I, I learned how to play my instruments without being taught. It was just my desire, my hunger for it. And God gave me the ear and he gave me some tools to realize my potential. But once I understood the potential, then I had to put the work in. Right. I had to put the work in. I'll give you another story. I remember when I first started playing piano and I played piano since I was eight years old. When I first started playing piano, it was the, the most heartbreaking time of my life. I'll never forget the first time I played in church service and I got kicked off the organ. And in retrospect, I deserved to get kicked off. <laughs> I deserved to get kicked off because I was absolutely terrible. It was bad. I was nervous. I was, I could only play in one key. It was absolutely bad. It was bad. It was, I couldn't even be, it broke my heart, but I couldn't even be mad that I had to get off. Because it was just, I was, I was at that point, I became a distraction, right? But what it did to me was it made me go into a bubble. And I, for a whole year, for a whole, one whole year, I practiced in, in private because I did not want anybody to hear me until I knew I was perfect. And the thing is, and this is the funny part, is that I had no context of what being perfect is because I was in isolation. You see how crazy that is? So I'm trying to be perfect, but my context of perfect is already wrong because I'm by myself. So the only thing I have 
to base my perfection on is my own frame of reference. So when I come out of that year, I may be perfect at what I have in my head, but I'm not perfect at all with what's available to me. <laughs> like it was, it was such a crazy epiphany. Like Isaiah, you spent a whole year in, in isolation because you don't, you did not want to be embarrassed. You did not want that feeling of insecurity. You did not want anybody to be able to say, wow, you did not play good today. So you stayed in isolation this whole time, waiting and preparing in silence, in private, until you thought you can go out to the world and then you could present. Meanwhile, the world has evolved in your silence. You've missed opportunities because you said no. You missed opportunities because you wanted to be perfect. Missed opportunities. So why do I, I say all of that to say, come out of isolation. Let somebody see you. Why? Because when they see you learning, they see you. They see your passion. They see your drive. They see your want. And they see your willingness to say, I don't care what I look like. I have a goal. I have a dream. I have a desire. I have a passion. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get there. And the biggest thing to do is get out of my own way. So that's it for today. I just wanted to give you those little nuggets. I hope and pray that as you're listening to this, it was meaningful, that it left a flash of hope in your life, that it gave you a different nuance of thought. We are not perfectionists, but we can strive for perfection. That perfectionism isk thing does not exist. Um, I don't know if I just made up a word, but I might have, but it's okay. Go with it. Uh, but again, thank you so much for tuning in. Look out for the next episode of the Lego Effect podcast. This is your host, Isaiah Jamel. Don't forget uh, to uh, subscribe and don't forget to leave a comment or a rating. I thoroughly appreciate it and I will see you soon. God bless and be safe, everybody.